Hi, Smarties. We're back today with another episode in our reading series. It has been a while since we talked about reading on the podcast, so allow us to remind you about some of our earlier episodes on reading. In episode 12 called My Kid Isn't Reading, we gave a pretty wide-ranging survey of reading, how it works, and the different components that make up a good reader. In episodes 17 and 18, we discuss our top 10 favorite reading comprehension strategies. In episode 19, Steph talks about her favorite games and apps for reading. All these episodes are linked in our show notes, and today we are going to continue the conversation we started back in episodes 12, 17, 18, and 19. For the first time ever, we have four freebies that we have bundled for today's episode that include our favorite games and apps, our favorite reading comprehension strategies, and our favorite reading tricks for older and younger kids. If you are on our email list, you'll have gotten this bundle in your email this morning. If you'd like this awesome bundle, please go to our website, which is www.learnsmarterpodcast.com. Click on podcast and click on episode 60 to sign up to receive the bundle in your email. Today, we're going to share with you how to know if your kid is understanding what they're reading. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to Episode 60 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. Today, we're talking about comprehension and knowing if your kid is understanding what they're reading. And we know a lot of you have gotten summer reading books that are either required or maybe suggestions that they should be doing over the summer. We highly recommend that kids read every day to keep up their stamina and to keep working on all the things that they're struggling with and knowing the difference between decoding and comprehending. And I just wanted to remind you guys that decoding is actually sounding out and being able to say the word, the sounds together. And comprehending is understanding what they're reading as a whole. And a lot of times, there's a lot of students that we know that can do one or the other and not necessarily both. Sometimes decoding is a problem, but they actually can comprehend. And sometimes decoding sounds amazing, but they're not actually comprehending what they're reading. And those are the kids that get by a little bit because they sound like beautiful readers. And when you start to ask them more than surface questions, which we'll get into, you'll find out that they don't actually know what's going on in the story. And so this is just giving you some strategies to find out if your child is actually understanding. We often get kids in our practices who don't like reading. And whenever a kid or a learner doesn't like a task, it is our job as educational therapists to do the asking. Why? Most kids like storytelling. Most kids like being read to. Mm -hmm. And what happens in the transition from being read to to becoming an independent reader? And where have we lost these kids? Like Steph said, comprehension is the thing that gets overlooked a little bit more than decoding because it is less obvious. It is obvious when our learners are struggling with decoding. They're slow. Their fluency is low, which is their rate and their accuracy of reading. 
And comprehension is the thing that can kind of squeak by in a couple of different ways. Mm -hmm. First of all, learners in school, when they're reading a book or a story together as a class, there was always a class discussion afterwards about what was just read. Not every learner participates in those conversations, which is fine because not everybody likes participating in group conversations, right? Mm -hmm. We want to honor those learners who are a little quieter. But that is one of the ways that teachers check in with understanding. And it's really difficult to know if a learner is avoiding those conversations, if they don't want to be the starter, so to speak, of what happened. And if nothing else, they're taking in the information and that's how they're comprehending it. Exactly. They're listening to what everybody else is saying and they're taking that on. So the comprehension piece is the part that goes ignored and really requires closer attention from us. Here's the other thing. Students who are compliant in the classroom, those who we would classify as good students, they're not disrupting. This is what goes ignored the most. Steph, would you Mm -hmm. agree? Oh, yeah. It's something where I've spoken to teachers that have 30 kids in a classroom, and I've said to them when they're reading a book, you know, when they've had to do it at home and they haven't been having follow-up conversations, saying to the teacher, did you know that Johnny so-and-so is not actually understanding what you're reading? Mm -hmm. And I've had teachers say to me, but he reads so beautifully, it sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And I said, yes, but... This takes us into the next part of knowing how deep they really actually understand the information. And I want to just add in that scenario where the teacher doesn't know, I don't blame the teacher one bit. It is really difficult to figure this out. But if your student sounds like they're a beautiful reader, their fluency is fast, their expression is wonderful, they're fairly accurate, but they don't like reading, Mm -hmm. check the comprehension. Because why would they be beautiful out loud readers, beautiful decoders, but not like reading? We as normal human beings like the things that we're good at and like the things that feel easy. So whenever we have an area where a student is avoiding a task, we have to ask ourselves why. Yeah, we do have to ask ourselves why. Like I said, some kids can just scrape by with getting a little bit of summary And being able to fool people. Or they'll tell you the very end thing that they just read or the very beginning of a chapter, the very first thing that they read because that took all the gas out of the gas tank. And they'll give you a bunch of details, but not really be able to put it all together. Mm -hmm. And that's really what you're looking for. And I want to say that some kids struggle with comprehension in general. And the way that you know if you're learner is struggling with just comprehension in general. In conversations, are they following along? Are you watching movies or TV shows and having discussions with them? If you want to know if your child is one of the kids that is struggling with just comprehension in general, that is how you will figure that out. But if it's really just targeted with reading, then let's go through some strategies to help you help them learn how to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the way that Steph and I have always talked about reading comprehension, and we just had a little conversation off air about whether or not we learned this in school or whether we made it up, we don't want to take credit for this idea because it totally could be something we learned and just have integrated. But we always look at it as there are two different levels of reading. The first level being very topic and fact-based. 
So we look at that level of reading as maybe the type of questions you would ask a younger reader. The way we kind of evaluate it is can the learner or the reader answer the W questions? What happened? Where did it happen? Who was involved? When did it take place? And where did it take place? Was this good or bad? And why or why not? Level two is the why and the how. So this takes it obviously to the next level because (laughs) this is where we infer and evaluate what's going on in a story. So we're looking at finding interesting words for vocabulary. What would happen if these words were dull or the situation didn't exist? We're often teaching them how to write with detail. So this is reading with details and understanding the difference between a sentence that might say, Johnny watched the rain or Johnny watched as the hail came down and put a puncture through, Uh yeah, (laughs) dented the car, you know, something like that. The intensity of the language should be an indicator of how we're supposed to feel about it, how the speaker and the story feels about it, and the learner should be able to discuss that. Yeah. And evaluating the tone. So is this a sad story? Is this a story that has a moral that we're trying to figure out? Is this something that's informational? Is this something that they're just telling us and they want us to infer? So we wanted to give you guys some ideas about how you could figure out if your learner or your reader is understanding what they're reading. So there's a couple new things that we've learned since recording our earlier episodes. One of the new strategies that Steph and I are really into at the moment is the somebody wanted, but so then strategy. So I'm going to say it again. The somebody wanted, but so then. So one of the strategies you can use to discover if your reader is understanding the level one, kind of the topic fact-based level of reading, is the W strategy that I mentioned. This is another one. The somebody wanted, but so then. So what you do is, who is the somebody? What did they want? But then what happened? So what happens next? And the final then is kind of the finally the end result. We really like this strategy because it's just like the W's. It's something that's easy for our readers to remember. It's kind of catchy. It is catchy. And Mm -hmm. you could potentially do it in one sentence. Absolutely. Oh, I love when you do summary things like this stuff. Go ahead. (laughs) Because, okay. So one of the things that I love to do, if you've listened to the other episodes about reading, is that at the end of a chapter in a book, I put a post-it note. And usually for the younger kids, and I know, Rach, you do this too, we put the W questions. But sometimes if I have a student that struggles with writing, let's say, and we're doing things like this verbally because they're not ready to write it all down, which sometimes happens if it's a comprehension and writing struggle for the student, then this is what I'm doing. So I really love if you have them do the W questions, but you could also follow it up with this because I really like to go from summary and main idea and inferencing. That I think is the biggest challenge because I don't think that students understand what the difference is. I don't know that a lot of them are taught that summary has a lot of details The main idea is just the bigger picture. 
and then being able to chunk it in a small enough one sentence situation, right? If you're looking at a social studies textbook, if you look at the first page of the chapter, it'll say the main idea of this entire chapter. Because this isn't just about sitting there and reading a paperback book. This is also happening in the other subjects, which I want you guys to remember, that I just did this with a kid the other day. So I went backwards with my student. So the main idea of each little section Mm -hmm. to the main idea of the bigger section to the main idea of the chapter and asking questions that would have to go with it so that it was looking at deeper level understanding. So I love this. I love when we have a lot of text that we have our learners narrow narrow, narrow, narrow. So if you think about it, it's like an upside down triangle. They're starting out with a lot. And by the way, some readers get overwhelmed with how much the top of that upside down triangle is. And what you're kind of talking about to give a visual is going further down to get to the point to nugget of the point of that upside down triangle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes the kids will give you all these facts. I don't know if you've noticed this in your practice, but I mm-hmm. can get kids that'll give me fact after fact after fact. But then if you ask them a question like, well, why were they fighting if it was social studies? Mm-hmm. And they couldn't tell me that it was the Revolutionary War, for instance. What were they really fighting for? Right. So really understanding. And that's why I want it to be clear that this is stuff that is happening in all subjects, even math, absolutely, that they are having to comprehend the things that are going on. And we're not just talking about reading a chapter book. One of the things that really helps with the level two, the why and the how is making connections to real life. Mm -hmm. How can you relate? How would you feel? What would it have been like to have been there? Do you think it was hot or cold during this period of time? What would you have eaten? Where would you and your family live? What kind of clothes would you be wearing? I'm kind of playing off the idea of history and the Revolutionary War. That's kind of what I was thinking about when I was giving all these questions. But when we're forcing our learners to put themselves in other situations, which, by the way, builds empathy, Mm -hmm. it suddenly makes the information so much more tangible and memorable. They tend to remember what we discussed in that exercise when I do those types of questions and making connections to real life. Mm -hmm. This can be hard for readers who haven't mastered level one. Yep. If you're asking how it would feel and they don't even know what the it is, this is really difficult. So that's why you kind of have to build. Yeah. And depending on the age, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look at the book that I'm reading with a client trapped in a video game, Mm -hmm. right? There's five in the series. We're on number four at this point. And if you look at the questions that I was asking him after the chapters when we started in book one, Mm -hmm. they're very different than the questions I'm asking now. Mm. Before it was, they didn't have to be complete sentences and it was just the W questions. Now I'm asking him to make connections, to do predictions, to give main ideas, and they have to be several sentences. Or what connection did you have to the book? Or how did the main character feel? Or give an emotion? Or whatever it is that I sort of up-level as we're going through this series. Mm -hmm. 
And I think it's great because I leave the post-its in the books. Even if I start reading with another kid, I put the post-it over. Mm -hmm. So I can see the progress that he's made over time with how he's really understanding. And his goal is not reading, but writing. And so it's really about changing the way he's interacting with the text. Interacting. Absolutely. So Steph, I'm going to give you a little homework assignment. Okay. Here we go. So Smarties, we are recording this episode, I think tomorrow in our fake world timeline of recording these episodes in advance. Tomorrow, episode 57 comes out. Yeah. This is episode 60. So Steph. Yeah. I would love it if you would take some photos of this exact book, maybe one progression. And on the day that this episode drops, we will throw it up in an Instagram story. So our Instagram is at Learn Smarter Podcast. Go follow us. And today, at some point, (laughs) Steph or I will load up this into an Instagram story so you guys can see more of what she's talking about. I want the visual, too. Yeah. Or I can take the pictures and we can include it in the email. Oh, let's do both. Okay. Okay. So Steph, how are you going to remember to do that? I'm going to put it in my reminders in my Google calendar. Guys, real time content for you all. (laughs) It will get done. And Steph, I'm going to help too by writing in my part. Check out the pictures that Steph is sharing with us regarding the difficulty in questions. I'll make it sound better, Smarties, but leave this little (laughs) behind the scenes. And All right, Smarties. So we've given you a couple of directions in this episode. If you would like the bundle and you are not yet on our email list, go to www.learnsmarterpodcast.com and click on this episode under the podcast page and you will sign up to receive that bundle. If you are interested in seeing what this progression looks like, follow us <laughs> at Learn Smarter Podcast if you haven't already joined our email list, because you'll get it if you're in our email list as well. But still join at Learn Smarter Podcast. I also want to share, we are making a change, Smarty, to our office hours just for July. So if you are listening to this in real time, Steph and I always go Facebook Live on the first Thursday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific time. But guys, the first Thursday of the month in July is July 4th. So we have decided to push it back one week and we are going Facebook live on July 11th at 11 a.m. And I just wanted to throw it out there in case I forget to say something in next week's episode, which we might because I think it's already (laughs) recorded. Anyway, Smarties... (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this little behind the scenes with us today, and we can't wait to connect with you further. Have a great week. Have a great week.